I also find that it is kind of radical and super useful to be, to cultivate such a deep daily relationship with failure. Cause I'm not worried about getting it right. But I do know that trusting the addiction, trusting the ritual, trusting this thing that took hold of me that has changed the way that I think and changed my life. I trust that until it leads me to something else, you know, I just still think it's important for me to get up and put myself in the world every day. I love the word maxim, it just sounds epic. This is a maxim. Uh, what Maxim means, by the way, is a short, pithy statement explaining a general truth or rule of conduct. <laughs> you put a freaking stamp down. This is it. And there's so there's a Maxim that I feel like I heard forever. I mean, I constantly and still hearing it when it, specifically for, in my journey, it's been pertaining to music a lot. And I heard it as soon as I really started uh, down this this road into becoming a professional musician. The, the maxim was, it's all about the music. And the idea was uh, that, the, I guess, the underlying belief behind that maxim was music being defined by the final thing that you hear, the track, the song, the recording, this thing, this this sound that's going in your ears at the end of the creative process, that is what it's all about. So I believe that. It doesn't matter about the gear. The gear doesn't matter. What matters is the music, the final thing that you're creating. And I believed that for years. And for a lot of my friends, that mentality works. But for me, I got to a point in my life that that no longer worked for me when it came to the, the sustainability of being someone who is creating. Specifically, like those like ruminations that come up in my head constantly and I start like overthinking things like, is this original? Is this me? Is this my voice? Is it, has this already been done before? What is this contributing to the world? Is this original? Like all that, kind of, is, this wor is this worth it? Oh, holy shit, that question. <laughs> <laughs> that question will freaking paralyze me. Freaking fill in the blank with if you are writing something right now or if you're, uh, if you're a photographer, whatever it is that you are making in your life, that final thing, is this essay you just wrote, is this poem, uh, it's all about the final poem. Well, yes and no. Well, on one hand, I'm not taking away from this is the point. This is the direction of the thing we're all landing on that. I think that it's true. It is all about the music. It's all about the song. It's all about the final photograph. What you took it on when it comes to the final thing shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter when it comes to somebody else taking in your creation, your art. The end result is the point of that. Or is it for me when I really began noticing that that mindset just as a blanket statement didn't work for me was when I got to a point in my uh, journey where I started just really being in love with the feeling of the process of creating within that medium. And by that, I mean this. I, I started getting a lot of imposter syndrome, like maybe I'm not a real musician. When I started, like I'd have these days where 
I didn't have anything that I needed to practice for or I didn't have something in mind like I needed to write a song or a bass line or I had no no external reason to pick up the bass guitar other than the fact that I just wanted to feel the strings under my fingers. I started finding myself in situations where I was uh, recording or writing a bass part with an artist who had this song and I was, or maybe I was like in a band and we were working on a song and I was writing a bass part and I started noticing that there was moments for me that there were times that I wasn't thinking about, oh, this melody that's going to fit. I need to come up with this bass line that's going to fit musically within this song. I started realizing that there were moments that I was playing a bass line almost not for the end result sonically, but I was playing it for how it felt to play it. Like this was really freaking fun for me to play this kind of bass line over this song. Or like sometimes I just found myself in a live scenario, not thinking, oh, I'm going to pick up this pick and play just rock and eighth notes because that's in service to the song. And then, you know, I'm playing a pick because that'll cut through sonically in the mix and it'll sit better and it'll sound better out in the audience. No, like there were moments where I was like, hell yes, I need to freaking rock out right now in this song. And I grab a pick and I just start doing these driving eighth notes just because it gave me this feeling of hell yeah, the process and love with it. And so I found myself really becoming addicted to the process, addicted to the feeling of the way the strings felt under my hands, addicted, addicted to that whatever muscles in my shoulder that are activated when my hand reaches around a bass neck and I lift it off of a stand and I set it on my lap and I start playing like though, like that process reaching out, picking up, setting down, playing that I really fell in love with just the way that (laughs) sounds so crazy maybe, but like the way that felt to pick up a bass guitar and just start playing. And I later found myself feeling the exact same way about photography, man, maybe just what's, what's the point of shooting film sometimes? Well, Sometimes there's a a visual purpose. Sometimes there's a whole point to the media, but sometimes it just feels like the process of it just feels good. Pulling out a 35 millimeter film cassette and putting it into the light and pulling it over and lining the threads up with that film negative and then placing the bottom and like advance. Sometimes it just feels good to press the shutter and advance the lever. It's just like the process of it, the addiction to the process. There was a long time in my life where I questioned myself. Like I was like, oh, maybe this makes me less of a musician. But then something weird happened where that really actually started, I realized that started sustaining me in the moments of questioning where I found myself questioning, what am I doing? Like, whoa, 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 just get out of your head and trust the process was a phrase, like trust the process was a phrase of mine. This year, 2024, a big phrase of mine is like every day is a phrase for me this year. It does, There are a handful of things that I'm going to do every day, no matter what. And it allows me to get out of my head. Okay, me talking to you right now on this podcast, that's part of this every day. I'm recording a podcast episode. There have been days already this month where I have woken up totally uninspired and I have to remind myself, no, no, just get out of your head and just do the work. Trust the process 
and the rest will come. And that I've been realizing right now, January 2024, has been giving me a ton of mental fortitude for this. And so this morning, I found myself listening to an interview with a, a street photographer out of New York, Daniel Arnold. Uh, but I was listening to an interview with him, and he was talking about just this exact thing. I was like, holy crap, this is exactly what I've been thinking about right now. So I want to share this clip with you that has to do with this. I'm going to put the rest of this video interview with him in the show notes. Click the link below. But here's more Daniel Arnold talking about just this. You've been here for 20 years, basically been taking photos the entire time. Yeah. It feels like it feels like everything's kind of been done, especially in New York. What keeps you wanting to do this? I don't know. I mean, I guess that's an evolving answer too. At this point, it's just like the pictures have so, so little to do with it. It's like, uh, it's more just this kind of guiding light type thing where, you know, I, I, it's very hard and rare for me to get something now where I'm like, oh, this is exciting and new. Um, you know, I don't even know if I'm good at it anymore, frankly. But I do know that kind of trusting the addiction, trusting the ritual, trusting this like random thing that took hold of me that has changed the way that I think and changed my life and my experience of the world not to like beat a dead horse here but I don't know I just trust it I trust that um until it leads me to something else um you know I just still, still think it's important for me to get up and put myself in the world every day okay hold up hold up uh, I know I was just gonna end it with this and just share this short clip. But what he says right after this is actually really interesting too. Why not? I mean, you can skip ahead to the next podcast episode. You don't have to listen to this if you don't want to. But if you're curious, uh, he is asked about why he shoots film and has this really some really interesting thoughts on film and specifically failure, which I just find interesting. So maybe I'll just include this too. Here's a pretty simple question for you that I don't know if I've, I can't recollect hearing an answer, but why, why do you still shoot film? Let me give you an un unreasonably, unnecessarily long answer. Because I happen to be in this random obsessive process right now of going through all the archives of my phone pictures. And it's been like maybe four or five days and I haven't gotten through 2012 yet. And it's really interesting, first of all, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it is a surprise that, I mean, 2012 was like a foundational year for me where I was working in a cubicle, doing like kind of corporate creative work. And Instagram just started like bubbling up under me. I'm like, nobody knew what Instagram was. And suddenly I had all this momentum I was burnt out of my job and I quit my life. Old story. But I haven't looked at those pictures. So much of those happened because I suddenly had this camera on my phone and I could take pictures that I always been scared to take and sort of like prove to myself that it was worth getting over the hump of fear. Another thing that I, that I consider and notice looking at those photos is that around that same time, 
Any help for the homeless guys? I don't know the exact timeline of it. Sorry, we'll find you. We'll come back. Around then sometime, maybe it was before that, but at some point my sister sent me this little Yashica T5 that she'd found at a, at a, like a thrift store for two bucks with a little note that said, for a change of perspective, something like that. That was kind of my first step past the phone in that moment where I was like, okay, I'm really hooked on this thing. I'm really obsessed. It's all I want to do. I don't know, I convinced myself that the move was that I had to uh, figure out how to make that same kind of moment or energy happen, but with a proper camera. And I think that there's an arbitrariness there that just like that first moment of, of discovery and experimentation was on film. You know, it just made it feel like from the beginning, like it was the language. You know, so many, so many of this, these things you learn the answers to just because you're like walking and walking and walking on alone and thinking and thinking and thinking. And I think the thing that really uh, suits film well to this, this way of doing things, it's just like there's no, there's no exit. With a, with a digital camera, you know, I can kind of like track my progress through the day. I can try a picture and see how it went, make sure my settings are right, try it again, reframe it. And I don't know, I heard myself say this recently and it's felt true that uh, digital photography is a, is a conversation with success and uh, film photography is with failure. You know, with film, I don't have the option to be precious. I don't have the option to be calculating. And it really suits the state of mind of, of the wanderer to just kind of have the like one sort of half-assed crack at it and stay loose and be in the mode of letting go of things. And then, you know, a day or two later, you get a surprise. Either the surprise of heartbreak, which is the more frequent one, or like, damn, I didn't even see that. And so in that regard, I mean, as it sort of like trickles into the rest of life, I also find that it is kind of radical and super useful to be, to cultivate such a deep daily relationship with failure. Um, it really like loosens everything up, makes life feel kind of more adventure because I'm not worried about getting it right I mean like obviously to some degree I don't want to be a failure but I accept the possibility and I also just have like learned over and over and over and over again basically every day now for almost half my life that failing is just like failing is the process failing is the only way to get to not fail. I mean, the street photography thing is kind of incidental. That's more by virtue of addiction than, than anything else. The street's just available. Like this is, this is just like the perfect kind of fix that's always sitting right outside my door and free therapy, whether I need it or not. 
Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations reported all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's in Egypt to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy. Enjoy.